God been set free. You take our failure, you take our weakness, you set your treasure in jars of clay. So take this heart, Lord, I'll be Praise the Lord. You are listening to the broadcast of True Bible Mission for Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we're going to continue our discussion of chapter 13 of 1 Kings. Now, last week we read the first 10 verses. I hope you remember what they say. I... um. We're not going to read them again. We're going to just discuss them. So last week we gave a really good, clear introduction to what's happening now. So now Jeroboam is king of the ten tribes. The ten tribes, and Rehoboam is uh, king over Judah. Judah, and he has Judah and Benjamin, and therefore, and the Levites stayed with the temple. So, um, so now comes a man of God to confront Jeroboam. And um, Jeroboam is standing by the altar, ready to burn incense. Right, and this is an altar that he erected himself. Now, Jeroboam, what he did was he appointed priests, you know, to tend to the altars, but they were base people. He didn't care who wanted to be priests. Yeah, he didn't care what wanted right. to be Right, we were talking about that last week, and it it's like anyone who wanted to be... Which is a mockery of holiness. And and it says so in verse 33 of, first, of chapter 13. It says that 
Um, he didn't change from his evil ways, and he made the lowest of the people priests of the high places. Whoever wanted to, he consecrated them. I don't know how, but right. he consecrated them. And he himself became a priest. Right. So now in he's his, a king. In his own right, which, which was clearly wrong and contrary to God's word. So what he was saying spiritually, saying, well, what he was saying is that anybody can do anything that they want, and it can stand for holiness. There's a reason why the Lord said, uh, separate a people out to me. Separate the Levites, the tribe of Levites. I will be their inheritance. There's a reason why, because there's a certain standard God attributes to holiness. There's a reason why the Lord said, if you are maimed or lame, you know, if you right, that defect. comes to mind too. Right. Like if you have some kind of a blemish or um, Lord, problem or affliction, right. you couldn't serve in right, the temple. In the temple, and the Lord did that. Because he loves us. Because that would mean that there would be no standard of perfection. There would be no hope. There would be a, a, a flaw in righteousness. And the Lord cannot deny himself. There is no flaw in him. There is no unrighteousness in him. There is no imperfection in him. So Jeroboam was making a mockery over everything that God stood for. So here he's built an altar, probably according to his own standards and his own specs. And then here he is offering up incense to what? I have no idea because he definitely was not offering up incense to God. All right, so he's standing at the altar. And while he's standing at the altar ready to burn incense, here comes the man of God. And he cried out against the altar and said, Altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. So he's telling them who's going to be coming up in the line. And upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. So exactly. what does that mean? He actually went to the graves of these people who offered up incense and sacrifices to the idol gods, he dug up their corpses and he burnt them on the altar that was erected to serve Or he will. This is like a foretelling of the future. Josiah did, yes. And so he fulfilled the prophecy because Josiah was a righteous king, at least up to that point. Okay, now he he says, um, so this is is a sign. Today, you're going to see this sign and What's going to happen is that the altar is going to just fall apart. It's, right. You know, rent means break up, yeah, tear, sure. rip. And the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And when King Jeroboam, also known as priest, <laughs> heard what the, the man of God was saying, you know, that he's crying out against the altar that was in bed, he put, he took, and he put out his hand. Yeah, he reached for the man of God. And he lay hold on him. And he was going to grab him. Like, get him. You know? And when he did that, his hand dried up. And it dried up so that he couldn't even pull it back to his side or to his chest. or He couldn't move it at all. It was was stuck. And when that happened, I think he probably was just... Trying to pull his, you and know, I and think the, somehow, and the altar writ, and he, and he and probably and, fell and over, got knocked over, just like the Lord said. Now, is it something? How things come about? It probably doesn't even 
occur to people how things come about. The Lord didn't say, well, you're going to get all excited and try to grab the prophet, and then when that happens, then I'm going to dry up your arm, and it's going to be dead, and you're going to try to bring it back, and you're going to knock over the altar, and it's going to be torn. The Lord didn't go into all details. He just said it's going to be rent, and the ashes are going to be poured yeah, out. Yeah, because when the Lord does something, it's not always the way we think it's right. going to be. You know, when you ask, when you pray for something, it happens sometimes completely different from what you think it should happen. How do you think it should happen? You're right. Or when you pray because things bother you, and it never occurs to you that, you know, because you're thinking God's going to change the other people or the situation so that they make. They stop whatever they're doing so that you have peace. But many times when you pray, God changes you. Right. So that it doesn't bother you. Right. And so when, when, when they're going through, it's that, that spirit. When somebody tells you something and they're saying it's from the Lord, you know, where you are spiritually, even if something upsets you, when you recognize that it's from God, you still have to get to a place where you can humble yourself and go before God in prayer. I've heard people say that they are so angry, and I would say, well, let's pray. And they mm -hmm. say, I'm too angry to pray. And that shocks me. I have never seen a person stay saved who said they were too angry to pray. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't humble yourself and go before God and lay that matter on the altar before the Lord, you're in big trouble. So his first reaction wasn't to humble himself again his first reaction was one of anger he did not want to hear what the lord had to say mm -hmm. and, and and somehow people always try to kill the messenger thinking that that's going to stop god's word from going forward so all of a sudden the the altar is torn apart the ashes are poured all over the place just like the man of god said and what do you think the king did i mean so and it's, and it's so true, just like people now, when something happens to them, what do they do? They come running for prayer. So here, the king all of a sudden looked at the man of God, and instead of wanting to grab him and get angry with him, he says, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. Right. Now, now look how he phrased it. Pray for thy God. He phrased it as, pray to your Not God. Not my God, right. but your, your God. God. Because he didn't regard the Lord as his. And pray for me that my hand may be restored me again. And what did the man of God do? He, he prayed. He went ahead and he prayed. He entreated him. So now, the, the man of God prayed, besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again. And it became as it was before. Now, can you believe that? The Lord is so merciful. He didn't punish Jeroboam for trying to to grab the man of God, knock him down or hurt him. He, he was so merciful to Jeroboam that he went ahead and he healed his hand. But it was a lesson that he learned. It was a well, lesson the that he learned a lesson. Well, he, I mean, it's a learning lesson it's a learn, for the it, king. It could have been and, a good learning experience for you him, know, but he didn't learn a thing. The one thing I pray for is that, you know, that the Lord make a way of escape. You know, whatever it is that I'm praying for, even if I'm praying for other people, make a way of escape for people, bless them to recognize the way of escape, and then take it. And right. that's what this situation is. You know, the situation could have been that he saw it as a, a way of escape for him 
to change everything. Right. You know, he could have taken the way of escape, accepted it, but he didn't. Nope. But Not it was a learning lesson that he he didn't take advantage of. A opportunity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then um, when he his hand was restored to him, now this is, I think, very crucial because this leads us into the next... Um, portion of the story now and the king said unto the man of God come home with me and refresh yourself and I will give you a reward now in his mind even though he asked the man of God to entreat the Lord he's not giving credit to God and that's what a lot of people do when something happens they don't give God the credit they'll say it was the medicine they'll say it was nature they'll say everything except that God did it he said, I'll give you a reward mm -hmm. instead of praising the Lord, instead mm -hmm. of going and humbling himself. The Lord, you didn't have to heal me. I, I've been wrong all this time. Nope. He said, come home with me. I'll give you something to eat and I'll give you a reward. Right. And the man of God said unto the king, even if you give me half of your house, I'm not going to go with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For it was so charged by me by the word of the Lord saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way he came to Bethel. Now, he was standing his ground. Now, right. this is really interesting. This is a saved, I mean, I'm assuming he's saved as a man of God and the Lord uses him to give messages. I mean, he's a prophet I would imagine and the Lord is using him to send him out to go places and tell people things and he gave him a directive and he gave him a directive and so he stood his ground and he says I don't care even if you if you give me half of your house I'm not going to go with you I'm not going to eat anything that you give me I'm not going to drink anything said, then, because the Lord told him right the Lord told him and he even went another way back home. He didn't go back the same way. And he was obedient to the Lord. All right. So now this leads us into the next, I don't know, maybe read the next 20 verses, 11 through 20, and see what happens here. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me an ass, the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. And went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there. 
nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee unto thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him, and did eat bread in his house, and drank water. And it came to pass, as they sat at the table, that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. All right, so now, my question is, when we go back to verse 11, now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and after reading what, I, what we read, um, and how this old prophet lied and tricked him. Was he really a prophet? Yeah, probably was. Right at that moment, he was a lying prophet. <laughs> but, but, but he wasn't a prophet sent by God? No, God didn't send him there. This is somebody going in their own way. And So it, there were a lot of prophets that... that They were around that the Lord didn't use specifically for a specific purpose or task. You know, so... He didn't use that particular prophet in Bethel to deliver any kind of a message. But the thing about it is, when we talk about the spirit of going in your own way, when this person had an encounter with the Lord himself, so he knew that what the Lord had told him. And this is why people have to stay in the Word. Because if you don't stay in the Word, then when people come and tell you something, see, because the Word is directly from the Lord, when people come to tell you something that is contrary to the word of God, then you're listening to something that's secondary. You're not listening to God. So you have to study to show yourself approved. The word has to become a part of you. The word has to become alive in you. Because if somebody else comes and they're telling you something outside of the word, as if somehow they are knowledgeable, and if somehow they just know this is how it's supposed to be, and you say, but that doesn't line up with the word of God, you won't take down because the word is your foundation. And so he knew the Lord said this to him. Mm -hmm. Just like when you're reading scripture, you know God has said this. And then you come, somebody come out of left field, something different from what the Lord has said, what okay. the word has said. So that's really interesting because verses 12, 13, and 14, uh, I mean 11, 12, 13, 14, it says this old prophet who was not you know, specifically uh, called a a man of God or a prophet of the Lord or was even being used by the Lord, but maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah, he was an old prophet. And I don't know if the Lord was using him recently, but he was a prophet. So he went looking for this man of God. Right. Just like, you know, when you're out in the world and, and you're standing for the Lord, trouble is out looking for you and you have to stand your ground. You know, so he's out looking for the man of God, and he found him sitting under an oak tree. And he said, aren't you the man of God that came from Judah? And he said, yeah, I am. And then, so he says, come on, come with me, you know. And, and, and so the man of God said, no, I can't do that. I can't go with you. Um, I, I can't eat with you. I can't drink anything with you. I... Because um, because God said, said by the word of the Lord, thou by the word of the Lord thou shalt eat nor drink water there nor turn again go by the way that thou camest. 
And so this prophet said, I am a prophet. Right. I'm a prophet. Which he was. Okay. And he, he was Just like you. Now, this is the lie. An angel came to right. me. Secondary. See, this is what I'm saying. So an angel, second unto God. An angel, subservient to God. An angel created by God. But the Lord himself told the prophet, you know what happens? There are things that people really want to do. And they know they're not supposed to, but someone comes along and they might not even realize how much they want to do something until somebody comes along and presents them with this opportunity or way of escape or a way around it. Just like Jezebel did the children of, of, of Israel. Gave them ways to get around it. And that same spirit of Jezebel where they teach the people how to sin. So he probably was, one, hungry. Two, okay. tired. So he got tripped. You know, he got tricked, he, I would I would imagine. He deceives himself. Because, you know, him being a prophet. Wasn't I'm a much prophet of, just like you. But it wasn't you know? much of a trick because God told him. And somebody says, well, an angel. The reason why I know it has to be something really deep within a person, that something that they want to do. I remember one time I was going on a, a fast, and I was on, like, about the sixth day of the fast. Mother of the church came to visit. I was at my aunt's house, and the mother of the church came to visit. Didn't tell her I was fasting. But I got up to do something, and I don't know if I moved too fast or what I was doing, going too quickly, and I fainted. And when I when I came to myself, she wanted to know what, what happened, and then I let her know that I was fasting. And this is what she said. She said, well, how long are you supposed to be fasting? And I said, the Lord said, the Lord told me, seven days, seven nights. She said, what day is this? And I said, I'm only on the fifth day. That's what I told her. I'm only on the fifth day. And she said, there's five letters in Jesus' name. See, she was the mother, <laughs> she was the mother of the church, see. She said, there are five letters in Jesus' name, and the Lord let me know, she said, that you could end your fast. And because of who she was, knowing that the Lord had told me I had to do a seven-day fast, but because of who she was, and I just could not envision her telling me something that just wasn't true, something she had created in her mind made sense to her. Mm -hmm. But it was wrong. And so I did. I came off my fast. And when I came off my fast, the Lord told me, you're going to do that all over again. <laughs> It also kind of reminds me of in Genesis with Adam and Eve and how God um, instructed Adam and Eve what to do and what not to do. And then here come the enemy, you know, telling them something other than what God had already told them to do. And then by their own admission, their own will, they did. They went against what the Lord said and then they got punished. So it's right. like the same thing. Yeah, one from deception and one from deliberate freedom of choice, which was Adam. So that same spirit is in the church today, whereby people, they forsake the word of God, and then they go by what somebody, a secondary source, tells them. So that's how a lot of things creep in the church that shouldn't be. That's how you find people justifying things that are political, not spiritual. So you find people... Uh, even though the word of God tells you this is how things are, this is sodomy is, is a sin. You find people in the church, all of a sudden, they're not listening to the word of God. They're going by somebody who's written some type of thesis or some type of, they're coming from somebody who's written the papers, doing their doctorate on something, something, something. Everything except God's word. What was the purpose of that lie? At that he, time, wanted the, he... he wanted the person to come with him. You know, he actually wanted the person to come and be at his house just that 
just that much. And I'm thinking somehow, you know, when, when people, because the, the fame of the of this particular prophet went around the, the village, people knew about how he had confronted the king. They knew about what had happened. And so he wanted him to come. And he wanted him to be at his table. And I believe he was going to say that same man that dealt with the king, he ate at my table. You know, he came to my house. <laughs> well, he did. He went and he did eat at his house, and he drank water. And verse 20 says, As it came to pass, and as they sat at the table, that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't this amazing? The same person that lied to him. So that tells you that right there, I guess, that that's my answer, that that was a real prophet because yes. the word of the Lord came to that prophet who lied. And the Lord said he was an old prophet. So um, I don't know. At this point, I think we're going to stop and then we'll continue next week with the, I don't know, maybe next week or maybe the, the next two weeks with the, to finish chapter 13. But the, the point that I want to leave you with is that when the Lord tells you something, and you have to remember to obey, no matter what is standing in your way, no matter what people say, no matter what, how they lure you, no matter what happens in your life, you have to be obedient. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from John 6 and 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Ain't God all right? God God is is all right. right. Praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what is the strength of sin? And the answer is the law. And that answer can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56, which reads, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. This week's food for thought is, What was founded on the seas and established on the floods? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.